Well, good morning, Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It is great to see you. Can you just look at, will you look at your neighbor and just say, it's good to see you this morning? It's good to see you. Like, like, come on, like, really? So I'm going to give you another chance. Even online, you probably said that to yourself better than the people did in the room. So let's just go one more time. One, two, three. Oh, yeah, it's good to see you today. Nice to see you. It is great to see you today, and uh, man, I am, uh, I'm, I'm delighted that you're here. I'm delighted that you're a part of what's happening. Uh, you need to know I'm a bit jet-lagged, which means I've been up since about 3 o'clock in the morning because I've, I've spent the last week, it's 10 days, in the Middle East, and, uh, which is a whole other story for a whole other message. I don't even have time to even unpack some of that stuff. But, uh, so I'm ready, man. I've been ready for you guys since 3.30 this morning. I've been waiting for you to get here, all right? So... Good thing there's a timer. Amen. Yes. People are like, oh man, we shouldn't have come to this service. He's going to be long. No, no, no. We're going to, we're going to do this. We're, we're landing the plane uh, this week on our series called Dream Again. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter three, Old Testament, Joshua chapter three. And um, next weekend, as, as Kevin said on the video, we are uh, having our greater weekend. And again, you want to be a part of that. It's a celebration of what God has done through you, through your generosity around the corner and around the world. It's also going to be vision about what's happening and what's going on and what I feel like God wants us to do. There are some really cool opportunities that are happening. And um, I'm going to share a few things too uh, this past week. It, for me, just, uh, just to kind of give you just a snippet, um, I was in an area of the world that had extreme opulence like I have never seen before and at the same time extreme poverty that I had never seen before. I was in an area of the world where I could not freely preach the gospel or live out my Christian belief and I'm meeting with missionaries who most of which have engineering degrees, biochemistry degrees. They do not have theological degrees or training. Most of them went to universities that if I said you would know the names of those schools. And in that, they were involved in a campus program called Chi Alpha, where they responded to a call to say, hey, I'll go to places in the world where preachers, ministers, Bible college graduates cannot go and I will take my family and raise my family in an area where I may have to very well give my life. And I'm willing to do this. I'm never going to plant a church that anybody's going to know about. This side of eternity, no one's going to know what I'm going to do. I'm simply going to go and sow seed with my life, believing one person after one person that I can share the faith and the love of Jesus Christ. I will go in as a business person. And, uh, and I will, but I will spend my time in the neighborhoods and in the areas, basically sharing the love of Jesus Christ in a very anti-Christ place. Never did I feel more like Daniel in Babylon than having breakfast one morning, sitting there going, God, why do you lay up the wealth for the wicked? And why do they prosper? But yet in the middle of all that, God has a plan. And I met some incredibly beautiful people. Matter of fact, I am so, I've never been asked this by a missionary before. Uh, I'm not asking for any money. Wow, that's a first. It's kind of like going to church and the pastor not ask you for an offering. You know, that doesn't happen. And it's not going to happen today either. Amen. <laughs> I'm not asking for more prayer. Okay. Because that's typically kind of the spiritual, you know, will you just pray for us and then take an offering and then, you know, kind of. Here's what we're asking. 
Would you tell your people that there's an opportunity for business people that would be willing to uproot their families and their lives and come and serve in areas of the world where Christians cannot go and cannot openly serve God and then come and stand with us and be willing to lay down their life? That's a first. I was, to say I was emotionally wrecked would be an understatement. So I don't, I'm not preaching about that today, but the last seven to nine, 10 days, this is what's been over and over and over in my heart. As with any time I go anywhere in the world and see what God's doing, I'm calling Tammy saying, hey, do you, do you wanna? She's like, no, come back home. There's five inches of snow. Okay, great. I just, just thought I would, you know, just because you just see the hand of God and you know that this world is going crazy. And the only answer for this world is Jesus. And we know when the gospel's preached into all the world, then the end shall come. That's why we do what we do. So that's why we build you up on a weekend. My job is to encourage you. My job is to equip you. My job is to support you. My job is to help you do the work of the ministry because you are the saints of the church. I'm not. I am a servant to the saints. That's you. And then you and I are to go into the highways and the byways into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And when the good news is preached into all the earth, then the end shall come. That's why we do what we do. That's why it's so important, because it's never about us, it's about him. And so anyhow, next weekend, I'm gonna unpack a little bit of that. There's some really cool opportunities that are gonna happen in 2023, which is the year that we're in. Sometimes I, I don't, I'm getting to that age where it's like, what year are we in? Feels like a bit like Buck Rogers in the 25th century, anybody? So, um, so it's just one of those, but we're in some opportunities to be able to do and to go. And so I hope that you'll be with us and I hope that you'll hear. And again, we're not taking an offering next weekend. We're simply going to share vision of what God's gonna do, what I think God wants to do. And I'm super stoked about it. Today, I wanna talk about dreaming. I wanna talk about having a dream. I wanna talk about the fact that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called not to just be people that just simply live our life and mark time and do this, but we are called to be people that follow a, a plan and a purpose of God. We're called to have a dream. Remember, a dream is simply this. A dream is the purpose and the passion that God has put in your heart for what he wants you to do in your life. It's the purpose and the passion that God's put in your heart for what he wants to do in your life. And so today as we're walking through Joshua chapter 3, we're looking at a narrative of scripture of Joshua, this young leader who probably is somewhere, uh, arguably somewhere in his mid-50s, maybe 60 years of age at this time. I know that sounds young, but if you look in the Old Testament, there's guys and gals that are living for hundreds of years. And Moses is dead. Joshua now has been anointed the next leader of Israel. And the dream has been 40 years. The dream was get out of captivity in Egypt, which was the superpower in the world, and began to go to the promised land that God had promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob generations before to go take and possess the land that God had given them. Moses leads them out of slavery and bondage in Egypt into the wilderness. And they try 40 days in they send in 12 spies, two of which are Joshua and Caleb, the other ten, we don't even remember their names because they're losers. And right? Just, sorry, I'm I'm jet lag. I've got a few things here. So so it, we don't. But we remember Joshua and Caleb, because Joshua and Caleb come back and go, we can take the land. And everybody else goes, no, 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 it's too big, it's too scary, it's too whatever. 
Can I just tell you, most people in life are going to say it's too big, it's too scary, it's too other. And there'll be a couple people that will go, hey, watch this. Hey, let's do this. Hey, perhaps God will show up on our behalf. And Joshua was one of those individuals. And so when, when, Moses, uh, when Moses is dead, it's now time for the children of Israel to go into the promised land. And Joshua is going to lead them into the promised land. And Joshua chapter 3, the dream becomes a reality. Now, this has been 40 years that Joshua has said we need to go. 40 years of this dream, 40 years as a leader wanting to see something happen, praying for something to happen, watching the nation of Israel rise and fall and listen, and they're on the ins and they're on the outs. I mean, you just read the story. I mean, there's some crazy stuff. It's not like 40 peaceful years or 40 where they're all in one accord and it's so wonderful and aren't we glad we're part of the family of God? No, it's church fights and it's, it's people dying and it's, it, it's golden cows and it's fire from heaven, it's 10 commandments. I mean, it's just crazy stuff that's happened. And this whole time, the vision, the dream has been to get to the promised land. Again, a dream is a purpose and a passion that God's placed in your heart. And sometimes that dream, especially in our, in our 21st century world, we want everything kind of like Burger King, my way right away now. We want to do it now. We want to see it happen now. Those of you that are in your 20s, what, you know, you want to make X, Y, Z now. You want to be in the corner office now. And some things take decades to happen. It takes years to become an overnight success. And, and it's not that the dream, it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's not anything about you. It's about God has this perfect plan and timing. And so you got to make sure that you don't let the dream fade, that you hold the dream. It's kind of like at Life Church. We say Life Church exists basically to uh, help people experience life, thing through, life change through Jesus. That's why we're here. Well, that's easy to say that, but sometimes doing that week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, if we don't constantly remind ourselves as a pastoral staff, as a team, as you and, and team nights and what we do to kind of gather together and rally the troops, this is why we're here. We're not here to have church services. We're not here to build buildings. We're not here to do programs. We're not here to just do good works. We're here. We exist. We're on this property, on this corner, in this world to help people far away from Jesus experience life, think, life change through Jesus, through no other, there's no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. And so that's why we exist. And so we come together for that. And so sometimes it's easy to forget when you've got this dream and it's years in the making. And that's kind of where we find this today. And as we walk this out, you kind of see Joshua as he's leading Israel and how to kind of fulfill this dream. The first thing that he does is he gets up early. So if you're taking notes, just write that down. If you're going to fulfill the dream that God has for you, you've got to get up early. It's all right here. Get up early. And for those of you who are night owls, you're like, oh. yeah. Israel was enslaved for 400 years. 400 years. They've been delivered out of Egypt with signs and wonders through Moses. They've been in the wilderness now for 40 years. Numbers are always very important. And now they're on the brink of the promised land. It's taken them 40 years to learn how to live life as free people. And they still are having a hard time with it. Because sometimes it's hard to give up how you've been raised or where you've come from or the traditions that you've had to be able to unlearn, to relearn, to do what God's called you to do. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. 
Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from, now the name of this town, it all depends on how you want to translate that. So some would say it's Shittim, where I'm from, it would be, and you know exactly where I'm going to say. And they came to the Jordan, and he and all the people of Israel. I didn't say it because my mom's watching, and I'll get an email, and I don't want to hear from my mom later today. And they came to the Jordan River, and he and all the people of Israel, and then lodged there before they passed over. He rose up early in the morning. He'd been waiting 40 years for this. 40 years that he had seen this, 40 years. See, 40 years earlier, he had crossed that river. 40 years earlier, he had been to the other side. 40 years earlier, he knew what lay away. And he comes back to Moses and he goes, why are we not going? Let's just take this. We can do this. We're God's people. And Moses says, they're not ready. Can't go. We don't get to make the decisions. But I just, 40 years, he rose up early in the morning for us, it's not just using our time wisely. When you talk about fulfilling the dream that God's having in your heart, it's about eagerly expecting what comes next. If you're going to fulfill whatever the dream is in your life, whether it's to do business, whether it's vocational ministry, whether it's to raise children that are, are, are champions for Jesus, whatever the dream is that God has, you're going to have to eagerly expect. You're going to have to keep that fire stoked inside of you. Psalm chapter 57 verse 8 says, Awake my soul, awake harp and lyre, and I will awaken the dawn. The bottom line is, is to achieve the dream that God has for you and that he's put in your heart, the passion, the purpose that he's placed in your heart, you must wake up your soul to what's next and move ahead. You gotta fan the flames. You've gotta keep that red hot. You've gotta keep that there because everybody else, time is gonna try to make those, try to quench those. People are gonna try to quench those. Society and what's going on in your world is going to try to quench those. Your own, the own, your own mind, your, your, sometimes your mind can work against you. You're going to try to do that. But you have something in your spirit that this is what God's called us to do. And this is where God's called us to be. And this is what God's called us to say. And this is where God's put me. And this is what I know. And I don't know a lot of things, but I do know that God is for me. This is the passion. This is the purpose. This is the plan. And I'm going to be faithful. And so I'm going to get up early in the morning to do what God's called me to do. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to push back. I'm not going to let up. I'm not going to give up. I'm, I'm going to push forward. I'm going to get up early in the morning and do what God's called me to do. Second statement is follow the ark. Follow the ark. As they're going across the river Jordan, they will take the ark of the covenant, which represents the presence of God. Look at it in chapter 3, verse 2, 3 and 4. And at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp. And commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you should go, for you have not passed this way before. The Ark of the Covenant is a symbol of the power and the presence of God. The distance, that 2,000 cubits, is about a half mile. So most people would be able to visually see the ark. The principle is simply this. Don't get ahead of God, but don't fall behind him either. 
Many times when we're trying to live out the dream, we're trying to fulfill the purpose and the plan that God has for our lives, we get so excited in ourselves that we'll try to get ahead of God. And you cannot get ahead of God. You can, but you're going to wind up not where you want to be. You're, you're going to wind up just trying to maybe kind of go in circles for a while because God has a, has a certain timing. God has a certain rhythm. There, there's, there's a way. I love what Proverbs says. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll guide and direct your paths. One thing I've learned following Jesus is that I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I, I, don't, I, don't, get the, I don't get the full enchilada, man. <laughs> I, got a, I got a taco and some, and some rice on the side. I don't have the full plate, right? It's not all there yet. But he does. So I have to trust in him. I have to lean in him. I, I have to just, just believe that what he's put in my heart and the step that he has for me, that's what I do. And so I keep my eyes on the ark, which is in front of me. It's not so far in front of me that I can't see him, but it's not so much that's right there that, 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 that I'm encroaching upon it, that I'm trying to rush God. You ever tried to do that, try to get ahead of God? You, God's trying to speak something to your heart and you kind of get ahead of him and you try to do something? I remember one time buying a pickup truck that way. I, I bought this truck. I wanted this truck. It looked good, man. It was black, four-wheel drive, GMC. Oh, my goodness. It was an amazing, good-looking truck. And I said to myself, self, you need this truck. You will look good in this truck. You will make this truck look good. But something in my heart said, I'm getting ahead of the plan that I knew that God had put in my heart. I, need, I was, was working on a, on a financial plan to, to do some things, to, to set some things up. But I just wanted this truck, and I wanted this truck. And I just kind of gave the Holy Spirit the Heisman and went ahead and bought that truck. July the 1st, never forget, all of a sudden, driving down the road, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, boom, the transmission goes out in the middle of the road. It's about 100 degrees that day, and it was in that moment the Holy Spirit said, I told you. You know, you had those moments? You kind of get ahead of God, like, this is what I want, but this is not there, there, there's, there's times where we're trying to, you, you don't want to get ahead of where God's going. You don't want to get, you don't want to try to, you, for God to try to play catch up. That's not how this works. But you don't want to get so far behind that you can no longer see God and you're lost. No, you're staying in rhythm. You're staying in sync with what he's doing, with where he is, with what's going on. And you got to remember that Moses tried to expedite the dream. Instead, it delayed the nation of Israel 40 years from getting there. And my question for you as you're following the dream that God has for you is who are you following? Who are you listening to? What presence is around you? Is it the ark of God? Is it the presence of God? Or is it the crowd? Because the crowd will tell you all kinds of things. Even Christian people will give you all kinds of bad information. Is it your own desires that you're following? What are you following in, the, in, in this? Again, it's being kind of in sync with, and, and, and well, Aaron, practically, how do I get in sync so that I stay in sync? That's a great question. Here's a simple answer. If you'll spend time, it's John chapter 15, it's abiding in the vine. If you abide in me, then I will abide in you. How do you abide in Jesus? Get in his word, get in prayer on a regular basis. This is not rocket science. The problem isn't the information. The problem is the consistency of daily, days that I feel like it, days that I don't feel like it, days that I want to, days that I don't want to, days that it feels good, days that it that feels bad, days that I'm tired, days that I'm jet lagged, days that I'm, every day I got to spend time where I'm having a conversation with Jesus, where I'm, I'm downloading my heart, I'm, I'm giving that and I'm giving him time to speak to me and then I'm in his word. There is something that begins to organically, spiritually happen in my life that centers me, that I do what Jesus says in the gospel of John. When he's confronted by the religious leaders of the day, when Jesus is on the planet, he makes this statement, I do what I see the Father doing. 
How is that? He's limited by time and space, not because he's not God, but because he has chosen to leave, him, leave the glories and the splendor of heaven, come to this earth, clothe himself in humanity, make of himself no reputation. Therefore, he is confined. He is no longer omnipresent. God the Father is, the Holy Spirit is, but Jesus, because of his time on earth, is no longer has the ability to be at all places at all time with all manner with all men the way he is right now. now. I know some people would, I get into the geeked out about the, the kenosis theory of the book of Ephesians. Does Jesus completely divest himself of his divinity or does he pick that up? We could have a conversation about that over a grande skinny cinema doce latte anytime you want to. The truth of the matter is, is that when he's here in the flesh, he is limited to the time and to the space in which he's in. He can't go heal Lazarus at the same time that he's healing the woman with the issue of blood. He's limited by time and space, but his power is, has no limit. Therefore, he can minister to that woman in that instance, then get to Lazarus and Mary and Martha and go, thank you for coming, Jesus, but he's already dead. It's too late. And he's like, oh, contraire, mon frere. Just, let, just where is he? Lazarus, come forth. Boom, because his power has no limits. So what I'm saying to you is this, is that when you are doing what Jesus did, which is when you're getting alone with the Lord and you're asking of God, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, lead and guide me and direct me. God, help me and give me wisdom. And then you open God's word and you let it speak to you. You're abiding in the vine. You're doing exactly what Jesus did when he was on this planet. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit will fill your mouth with the words that you need at the time in which you need it. In your business, at school, wherever you are. That's not just to be a witness. It's not just for spiritual issues. It's for how you're living life and what you're doing. He will put mind, he will put into your mind ideas and thoughts and ideas that will help you to be able to do your job, help you to raise your kids. And all of a sudden you go, I don't know where that came from. I know where it came from. It came from that time that you spent with the Lord, that your heart's ready and that it's full. Am I talking way too fast? I need to slow down. Sorry. I'm on like six double espressos from this morning. And so what happens is, is that it's this, it's your heart is full. And then when you have a nudge of the Holy Spirit, boom, you know exactly what to do. And you go, I, I where did that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. All that time in prayer. All that time in God's word. The bigger the structure, the deeper the foundation. The bigger the structure, the deeper the foundation. You want to do something great in life, you better be able to go deep. Talk to any high-performance athlete. They have done things for years early in the morning, late at night, when no one else saw, when the press wasn't there, when no one else was there, they were doing training, giving of themselves more than anybody else because they wanted to go to such heights, they have to go deep. The same thing is true in your life and in my life. If you want to accomplish something great for God, it's going to be, it's going to take time early in the morning when no one else is looking, getting alone, getting in the presence of God, abiding in the vine so that you stay in step with where he's going. I got to go on. Third statement is consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. If you're going to follow the plan, the purpose, and the dream, and have it to be a reality in your life, you have to consecrate yourself. I know that's a big word. It's kind of a spiritual word. Let's unpack that. Verse 5, Joshua chapter 3. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate means to sanctify, to purify, to prepare to dedicate, to set apart as holy. This is just like an athlete. 
I, now, I don't know about you, but I love watching like documentaries on athletes and people that do things. I, I, I'm fascinated. I, I will watch any of these shows that show the behind the scenes of what they have to go through, the physical training, the drills, the, the doctors, the, the sports psychologists, all that goes into that. As a matter of fact, I'll kind of get mindless in some of this stuff and begin to listen to podcasts and how they do this and that and what they do and how they train and blah, 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 and all these various sports. There are things that I know nothing about. That I, am, that I get into a documentary series on something and become completely enthralled and fascinated with it. Here's what always amazes me. It's what Paul says. These people do all of this work as premier athletes for a crown that will wither, for a trophy that will erode, and for something that thieves can break in and steal and moth and dust can take away. But you and I are running a race that has an, a crown that will never fade, that will never wither, that will never erode, that thieves cannot break in and steal. It's called the crown of righteousness. That when we stand before a holy God and he calls us by name because of his grace... He will say to us, after everything has been tried, here is what you've done. This is your reward. And then we were, our hands will be filled with a, with a crown of righteousness that ultimately we will lay at the feet of Jesus. You want to talk about not wanting to be empty-handed? That's the moment you don't want to be empty-handed. Because we get up early and we live our lives and we raise our kids and we raise our families you got up this morning, you had to plow a driveway just to get to church. Amen. You have to do what you got to do to get where you got to go and do this because this is what God's put in your heart. Because this is what you do because, because, because this is your reasonable service and you do this as unto the Lord. And, and it's not something, it, it may be a lot of small things along the way, but you've consecrated yourself. You've set yourself apart because you're not like an athlete that's just doing this for a crown that will wither you're not just like a CEO that's trying to build a company that is just money and will amass. And one day there'll be somebody else that will sit in your seat or some corporate takeover will take over and your merger will dissolve the company that you've given your life to build. You're not like a head of state that's here today and voted out tomorrow. Oh, no, 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 no. You are a child of God. Listen to what 1 Peter 2.9 says. But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. So why do we get up in the morning? Because we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A people that have been set apart, we consecrate ourselves. How do, why do we raise our kids the way we do when the world says it's crazy? Because we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people that's set apart. The world's not going to understand you. That's okay. Stand in line. There's a lot of people that are going to think you're crazy, especially if you're doing something great in life. But we get up and we go and we give and we serve and we give and we serve. And some of you sit down with your accountants and they look at what you give to greater and they look at what you give to kingdom work and they say you're crazy I applaud them. Yes, you are crazy because it makes no sense in the world's terms. But what you know is that you are consecrating yourself. You're setting yourself apart because God's put something in your heart, a dream to accomplish. And when you do that, when you consecrate yourself, then God will do wonders among you. And some of you wonder why God doesn't do wonders among you because you've never consecrated yourself. 
Man, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Sorry. It's true. Sometimes we just think, well, you know, I'm just going to give my life to Jesus. and I'm going to show up at church like I'm doing God a favor. It's like, no, 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 no. No, it's way more than that. It's I'm giving myself to him wholly and completely. God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to be. I will be what you've asked of me to be. God, I'm not perfect. I'm going to crash and burn. I'm going to fail. But your grace is sufficient. And I'm going to do this, but I'm going to set myself apart. But I'm believing that you're going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can think or ask. I'm telling you my own life. You, you think I'm preaching here today and I'm pastoring here for two decades of my life just because I need a paycheck? Or you think I'm doing this just because I just need to do something and Tammy wants me out of the house? That's probably partially true. You think that's what I'm, no, 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 man. I want to change the world. I, I want to see Jesus come back. I, I want to see the gospel preached into all the world. I, I, I want to be faithful with what he's called me to. I know I'm going to stand before the Lord one day. And when he calls me home, I want to hear the words, good and faithful servant. And the older that I get and the, more that, and the longer that I do this, the more that I realize that time is so short and it's so fleeting. And I know I've got my own issues, but I've got this dream that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger in my heart. I went back just a couple weeks ago on the 20-year anniversary of Tammy and I being here and read the notes that where I met with the original group of people that were here, that 100 people in the old storefront, and, and began to read, this is what God put in my heart, and this is what's happened. And you know what the deal is? It hasn't changed. The mission hasn't changed. The verbiage hasn't changed. The passion hasn't changed. It hasn't waned. Oh, there's days where you feel like quitting, and then you have yourself a cup of coffee, and you go for another week. Amen? There's days that people hate. But haters are going to hate. You're going to try to do anything great. People are going to tell you it can't be done. Stand in line. But there's something in you that goes, no, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And we can do this. And you go, yeah, but that's easy because you're a pastor. No, it's because I know the plan and the purpose that God has for my life. And I believe that there's no devil in hell that can stop me. There's no enemy in this world that can stop me. That as long as he's for me, I am upheld in his righteous right hand. And no man or no woman can take me out, not because of me but because of him. And it's not just me, but it's you. Amen? All right. Last one. Step into the river. Step into the river. Joshua 3, 7 and 8. Then the Lord said to Joshua, don't you like when God speaks? He'll speak if you listen. Today, I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. That all may know that as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And as for you, you command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant, that when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand in the river. Now, most of us get stuck waiting for God to do the part to part the water while God's waiting for us to step into the water and get our feet wet. Most of us get stuck waiting for God to do the parting of the water while God is waiting for us to get our feet wet. When you first step out to do what God's called you to do, it doesn't feel real, mirac real miraculous. Oh, you've heard from God, but nobody else has heard that God said that to you. You know what God's put in your heart, but no one else gets that. So what do you do? Get your feet wet. 
What do you do? I mean, you just, you just take a moment. You just take your shoes off. And I don't have any socks on today. I know it's cold outside, but I get really, really hot. When you have a body this size, you, you have a lot of BTUs. And so you just kind of roll your, roll your pants legs up. I know I'm showing my sexy legs and my ugly feet. But anyhow, and you, you step into the water. Why? Because it's nothing spiritual. It's nothing that's, it's just, this is what I got to do. That I gotta, I'm here on this side. The promised land's there. What's separating me is this, is this river. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get in the water. I'm going to wade into the water. I'm going to get out into the water. And I'm going to trust that God's going to do what God says he's going to do. Because I know what he's put in my heart. I know what he said in my heart. But I'm just going to roll up the pant leg. And I'm just going to kind of get into the water. And I'm going to move into the water. And I'm going to do what he asked me to do. And a lot of people don't ever get to the other side of the river because they're not willing to roll up their pants legs and get wet and get into the the water. No, no, they, they want everything to be dry and everything to be clear and everything to be there and everybody, no, no, it's not going to happen that way. It never happens that way. No, you hear from the Lord and then you begin to work and nothing feels super and nothing feels natural because it's not because your feet are wet and it's cold and you're like, am I going to slip? And these priests are behind me. Are they going to think I'm crazy? And I got 3 million Jews behind me following me. Are they going to think I'm crazy? And Moses couldn't do this. Who do I think that I am that I can do this? But I know that I've heard from God, but everything around me says, no, 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 no. And then look at verse 15. And as soon as those who were bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priest bearing the ark were dipped into the brink of the water. Now the Jordan overflows all of its banks through this time of harvest. The waters coming up above and around stood up and rose up in a heap far away and the people passed over opposite of Jericho. Just like God did 40 years ago with the Red Sea. Now who looks like the leader? Joshua. At first, Joshua looks just like a guy getting his feet wet, going, I hope, hey, Margaret, check this out. This kid thinks he knows what he's doing. Hey, they think this is going to happen. But he does what God asked him to do. Because why? Because faith is taking the first step before God reveals the second. Faith is taking the first step before God reveals the second. What faith step do you need to make today? What do you need to do today? What, what, what river do you need to roll your pants legs up and get wet and get into that and allow God to show up and step into the river? Because it's not that God's not called you. It's not that God doesn't want to perform it. It's not that God doesn't want to do it, but God's not going to do it for you. And he has to know you have to get yourself out there to a place where there is this thing called faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and you get out into the water. And at first, it doesn't feel super, nor does it feel natural. Until all of a sudden, the presence of God shows up. Remember, the priests are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And when the presence of God shows up, he separates. <laughs> it was the most inaugural crowning of anything that could happen of the coronation of Joshua's leader. And the nation of Israel go, oh, we remember this. Parents were saying, I was a kid the last time I saw this. We were kids in Egypt, living in slavery and bondage. And Moses arose and we didn't really know, but we had no other choice. And we followed. And with the enemy coming in behind us and the waters rushing in front of us, when the, when the staff went up, the waters parted. It's yet another sign 
that God has parted the waters and that his promise is being yet fulfilled yet again. What step of faith do you need to take towards the dream that God's given you? Maybe you got a dream of an education. What's that step? Maybe that step is signing up for a class, signing up for a program, filling out the financial aid information just to see. Maybe you got a maybe you have a dream for to, to buy a home. You've never had that. Your parents didn't have that. Some of us take you for granted little simple things that well, everybody has that. No, 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 no. There are people. No one's ever owned a home in your family for this, that, and the other reason. Maybe it simply is going and having a conversation with a mortgage broker to find out what you can afford and what you can do. It's okay. But what if I get rejected? What, what, it's okay. Get your feet wet. Maybe it's about financial freedom. You've, you find yourself in all kinds of financial difficulties and you've just got a dream where, man, I, I just want to be free financially. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like it, maybe it begins with cutting off the credit cards or opening up a savings account or having a talk with a financial planner. Maybe you've got a dream of starting a business and there's all the reasons why you can't do this and it's always going to be the way. But maybe you sit down and maybe you begin to, you sign the lease or you make the website or you make the business card, go after the business loan. Maybe you got a dream to follow the Lord in vocational ministry. Maybe it's just simply as finding a place to serve and being faithful there taking out extra opportunities. Maybe it's, 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 it's getting educated or filling an, an application for credentials, putting yourself into that place. I, I do believe, I, I, I believe that we will see dozens, if not a hundred plus missionaries come out of Life Church. I, I, I believe we will raise up a generation of young people that will serve God in vocational ministry. Our world needs it. Maybe God's speaking to your heart today. The key is, is start moving in that right direction. It's kind of like riding a bike. It's very, very hard to ride a bike when you're sitting still. But part of the laws of physics work in favor with you is when that object is in motion, it tends to stay in motion and allows you to be able to steer and to balance and to navigate much more easily than if you are at than if you're stationary. So what's your dream today? That's what we've been asking. What, what would you dare to do if you knew that God was with you and you couldn't fail? What's your first step? That's my prayer for you today. I've preached way too long. I've gotten way too excited. I've drank way too much coffee this morning. That with the Holy Spirit, I don't know which to blame it on, but that's where it is. But I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that God will bless you and that God will encourage you. And I just want to, man, I just want to challenge you. Go after the dream that God's put in your heart. Know that it won't be easy. Know that the people will say there'll be all kinds of people and reasons why it can't happen. But go, run, go after what God's called you to do. Don't give up, don't pull back, don't let up, and don't let this world slow you down. There have always been forces of evil that have been raging against us. No, there's no different today. But God is for us. He has a plan and a purpose. 
He placed you here at this place, at this time, in this moment for his purpose. And if you'll fulfill that, you will be the most joy-filled, satisfied, peaceful, not always easy, but peaceful, uh, uh, empowered, fulfilled individual this side of eternity. Regardless how much money you make or you don't make or how much people know your name or they don't know your name or how quote-unquote successful you are on worldly standards, that won't matter. It'll be about following what God's called you to do. And there'll be this fulfillment. There'll be this grace. There'll be this divine flow that will take place. That's where the yoke is easy and the burden is light. When the yoke is no longer easy and the burden isn't light, it's because we began to add, add, add things to us and we began to, no, 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 push everything else aside, keep your eyes up on Jesus and do what he's called you to do. Father, I just thank you today for your people. And I just pray, Lord, that you will help us to be able to just to simply follow, Lord, your word and the teaching of your word, to dream a dream. Lord, your word says very, very, very straightforward as we walk through this entire series that you have a dream and a plan for all of us. So God, let us discover that passion and that purpose that you have. That's where it's at. That's, it's, that, it's that crossroads of, of that passion and the purpose that you have for us that you've placed in us. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just simply help us not to quit, not to, not to be weary and doing good, but in due season that we will have and see our reward. And I pray this, Lord, help us today to get moving. Time is short. Get moving. Don't let up. Don't pull up. Don't, don't let excuses. But Lord, I pray, let us take our shoes off, proverbially speaking. Let us roll up our pant legs and let us get into the water and to begin to do that. Lord, to begin to, as we've consecrated ourselves before you, to get wet and then see the water recede and the pathway of God begin to emerge and that we continue to walk. But knowing that the pathway doesn't always appear at the beginning. It's a response to our faith action. So help us today to take that faith action. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.